John Park's Workshop. I'm John Park, and here we are uh, right in the workshop, and I'm excited about today's show, particularly excited. I know I, I often say that because I really like doing this, but uh, the project I get to show off this week, I'm so excited about. I've been working on this uh, robot companion for uh, quite a while now, and he is finally ready to get out there and be seen by the world. So our good friend Pathfinder will get uh, his moment in the limelight today. Uh, if you're new, if you're, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I know there's uh, some, some uh, various uh, channels out there that are picking this up today. Um, so what do I do here? I build stuff. This is my workshop. I build microcontroller-based projects, fabricate things, uh, do some 3D printing and laser cutting and CNC, lots of electronics, coding, uh, all kinds of great uh, open source hardware and software from Adafruit that I get to use to build fun projects and show you how to do the same. Uh, so let's see. Let's get going, shall we? Um, the first thing I wanted to do is, uh, oh, pop my volume way back up. Sorry about that. Thank you for the, uh, for the alert. Someone told me over in the chat uh, that my, my audio volume there, voice volume, was very low. Um, by the way, I just mentioned chat. Where are people chatting? Well, we have uh, people chatting over in the YouTube channel, live stream, uh, as well as Discord. And Discord is the main uh, chat channel for Adafruit, and you can find it by going to adafruit.it slash discord. Uh, all right, good. Yeah, thank you, Matambale and C. Grover uh, and Fede, too. I'm glad to get the volume up. Uh, so let's see, the first thing I wanted to do is mention our jobs board. Perhaps you're looking for work. Uh, perhaps you are looking to hire someone. Uh, we have the thing for you. It's the Adafruit job board. And uh, there it is. Just go to jobs.adafruit.com. It's entirely free to use. It's free to post positions. Uh, you'll reach out to lots of great makers, engineers, fabricators, uh, digital folks, analog folks, uh, and if you're looking for work, you can post your resume up there, uh, and people may find you. And that can include contract work, freelance work, remote work, on-site work, full-time, part-time, no time, probably not that. Uh, so that's the uh, jobs.adafruit.com, so go check that out. I uh, also wanted to mention that I have another show that's weekly, and that is the Make Code Live with John Park over on the Microsoft Mixer channel. Uh, as well as other fine uh, YouTube and, uh, and other streaming from Adafruit. So go check that out. And on that show, I build projects in MakeCode, and I get an hour to do it. So uh, you may be familiar with the MakeCode Minute, which I do right here, that usually lasts more like two, two and a half minutes. Uh, imagine it expanded, and that's the MakeCode Live over on the Microsoft Mixer channel. So go check that out on Tuesday. It's at 12 o'clock noon uh, Pacific time and 3 o'clock Eastern time. Did I get that math right? Maybe. Uh, another show is going to be the show and tell, and that I'll be running a little bit after this show today. Uh, that'll be at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. It's so helpful that I wrote it there so I can just read it. Uh, and on that, people like you will come on, and uh, we have a very easy link to get onto our StreamYard streaming uh, platform, jump in, and show off a project. Spend a couple minutes talking about it. It can be something you're uh, finished with. It could be something you're just starting somewhere in between. Uh, so come on by, and uh, it's fun to watch. It's also fun to participate in the show and tell. So please come on over uh, at 2.30, and you can look on our blog. 
to find out more on the Adafruit blog and jump into Discord right around uh, noon or right around 2.30 rather, right around the time of the show uh, to grab a link and hop in. Uh, all right, let's see. I think it's a good time to do a product of the week. Um, and so the product of the week this week is these little RGB NeoPixel sticks. I really like these. So you may be familiar with these RGB LEDs called NeoPixels. You can control them with microcontrollers and each LED on there is individually addressable, which means you can set every one of those to a different color, have them animate, fade, and so on. Uh, we have rings, we have grids, we have longs, flexible strips, uh, and then we got these little guys. I feel like these are the, some of the forgotten uh, members of the NeoPixel family. I love them, and in fact, I'm going to show one in my Make Code Minute today. Uh, they're eight pixels, which is great if you're doing uh, music-based projects, if you want to do things like sequencers or other uh, music grid-based stuff, based stuff. And you can also link them together if you have uh, more. In fact, I have a set here I've shown before where I've soldered uh, little connectors end-to-end -end so they can go into each other like that. You can probably get them a little closer if you don't use uh, all those big connectors I did there. Uh, so that's the product of the week. And this one in particular is a red, green, blue, and white NeoPixel stick. What does that mean? It means that every one of those little dots has a fourth diode. So these work by having very, very tiny diodes inside, red, green, and blue normally. And you can color mix those to get lots of colors in between. Um, usually to get white, you just turn them all on full blast. And it's pretty white, but not perfect. It usually has some sort of a color cast. Uh, so we have these RGBW. They have that fourth uh, LED, which is just pure white. And we have them in three flavors. There are, uh, in fact, let me pop up our, our page for these. Uh, these, the ones I'm showing right here are cool white, uh, but we also have them in warm white and neutral or natural white. So those are different color temperatures uh, for those. This one happens to be in stock, so I'm highlighting that one right now. Uh, but if you want one of these other ones, you can, you can click uh, notify me and you'll find out when it's back in stock. Uh, so that's my product pick of the week this week, and it is the RGBW NeoPixel Stick. Uh, so, by the way, I mentioned uh, our Discord. If you don't know what that is, that's it. That's the Discord channel uh, for the live, live broadcasts. We have chats in here uh, that range from uh, pet photos and off-topic things to help with different coding languages, CircuitPython, Arduino, uh, Raspberry Pi help, Project help as well as uh, 3D printing and a whole slew of other channels. But uh, this, this channel right here where we're hanging out today is the live broadcast chat. So you can head on over there. Uh, I see Wolf220. Hey, Wolf220 says, what uh, and what do I see sprawled on the work table could be robot carnage. Yeah, sort of is. Uh, we'll get to that. That is, that is a uh, partly not so assembled uh, robot, but we'll fix that. Uh, all right. Uh, I wanted to do a brief gear report today. I like um, talking about different gear and tools and things. Uh, this is this is a find I got. Let me head back here. This is a find I picked up at actually the Rose Bowl flea market many years ago, uh, and it's a set of sockets. And it's um, socket drives. I, I I like these. Yeah, I have like ratcheting uh, socket wrench sets, but these are nice because. You grab them and go. There's no, it's not a, a, an adjustable. You just have them in a bunch of different sizes. And I love that these are uh, super, oh, let me pop the, let me pop this other camera. No, I'll bring it over here. Uh, these are uh, beautiful wood with this cool retro sticker logo on there, spin tights. 
so that's my, my gear report, something I picked up a few years ago, uh, and I use it quite a bit actually. So um, go get yourself some, some used tools. They're often as good or better than the new ones. Not always, but often. Uh, so now I think this is a good time for a little something that we call the Make Code Minute. Okay, uh, let me bring this window up front here. So uh, what I wanted to show in the Make Code Minute today is how you can use RGBW NeoPixels inside of Make Code. So I mentioned these earlier. This is red, green, blue, and white. These are NeoPixels that actually have four diodes in them and they can be mixed into a bunch of different colors. Uh, here's, let me, let me show you a practical demonstration of why this comes up as a question. Uh, so if you look here in my overhead view, uh, I'm putting a little diffuser in just because they're pretty bright. Um, this is the set of the cool uh, NeoPixels. So this is the cool white. Um, here's what happens when I try to send it to red. So I've got a Circuit Playground Express here. It's controlling the LEDs. And white it can do. Red, there's some sort of an issue here. If I try to run through the colors, red, green, blue, it's just nonsense. Uh, and the reason for this is that the data that's sent to a red, green, blue NeoPixel is different from the data that's sent to the red, green, blue, white NeoPixel. Um, so let's look at how we can fix this inside of Make Code. If I uh, look in the light NeoPixel category, here's where we can set up an external NeoPixel strip. Way down at the bottom, is a mode selection block. So I'll bring one of these in. Uh, actually, I've already got some in there, so that's, uh, that's a bit cheating. Uh, if you look here, it says set strip mode to, and this is the default, RGBW, and then it says GRB format. It's actually the data is written in reverse or in, in that order. Uh, but we have some selections here for other orders or RGBW. So by picking RGBW as my format, I can correct the problem. What I've done in here in Make Code, just as a demonstration, normally you'd just take this strip and put it in your setup block and be done. Uh, what I decided to do is make a little interactive demo by having this switch block. When I move left, we get the normal RGB. And when we move this switch right, we get RGBW. So again, uh, let me go over to the down shooter. You can see if I flip the uh, switch on the Circuit Playground Express and now try sending it the red command, it gets it. If I send it the red, green, blue sort of rainbow and white, it works and I can go back to white still. Uh, if I plug in a regular RGB NeoPixel strip, we'll have the same problem. That's why I put the toggle switch. Uh, so that is how you can adjust your NeoPixel strips to deal with red, green, blue, and white. And that is your Make Code Minute. Right, uh, and in that case, uh, the, the idea, I want to thank the forums, uh, Adafruit forums. There was a question uh, in there about this exact thing. How do, I, how do I deal with RGBW 
NeoPixels. It's not obvious at first, maybe, in MakeCode uh, where some of these deeper uh, NeoPixel um, preferences live. And now you know. So uh, that is the power of the, uh, the forums. So head there if you have questions or head there to answer them. Okay. Um, let's see. The next thing we'll do uh, is take a look at my MakeCode Arcade game pick of the week. Uh, so for the MakeCode Arcade game pick of the week this week, I foreshadowed this last week with that um, Z depth, how to make a 3D scene by moving objects in front of or behind each other in Z. That, that and this come to us from the Microsoft Arcade, uh, Microsoft MakeCode forums in the Arcade channel from the Cobalt Kid. Uh, and this game, pick of the week, is Tiny Soccer Cars. Uh, this is um, highly reminiscent of a certain uh, popular car soccer game you may know. Uh, here you can see some great graphics. And uh, if I uh, demonstrate this on the computer, I'll be terrible. So what I've done is I've actually loaded it onto a Pi Gamer. And I'm going to switch uh, to the overhead view. So you can see the game here. And I'll turn this on. Uh, and you'll see that we have a pretty convincing, we'll go to easy mode, say. It's not so easy. Uh, car soccer game with incredible physics. So here I can jump. I can thrust, rocket thrust. Uh, I forget what that's called in the game, boost. And we try as these helpless, terrible soccer playing cars to get that into the goal. And it bounces off the walls. It has this shadow on the ground. It has depth. Really an incredible, oh yes, am I gonna score? Woohoo! And it even explodes the cars away from the goal when you, when you score. Uh, so that is just simply amazing uh, coding inside of Make Code Arcade. So if you check out uh, this, and I'll, I'll be posting it soon, you'll see a, a link. But if you head to the arcade forums, uh, you can play the game, and you can also hit edit code and take a look at what goes into the making of this game. It's very advanced, uh, but there's a lot of great stuff in there, uh, a lot of great tips that you might, uh, you might glean some info from. Uh, so please go check it out. That is Tiny Soccer Cars by the Cobalt Kid, uh, and that is my Make Code Arcade game pick of the week. All right, uh, let's see, what's next? I wanted to do a brief um, uh, look back at last week's project because I have it all nice and finished up here. Uh, in fact, if I just turn it on back here, it makes a good sign in the back. This is the protest sign, the digital protest sign. Uh, you'll see a little flicker on, on camera that's not apparent in, in real life to the naked eye. It has to do with the refresh rate of the computer and the camera. Um, so this is a 64 by 32 pixel uh, RGB, red, green, blue, um, matrix. These panels are part of jumbotrons normally, uh, but we have them in these sort of convenient little breakout versions. And uh, I've got a nice piece of diffusing acrylic over the front to, to make the LEDs look a little nicer and uh, make them uh, a little, takes a little bit of the over, over bright off of them. <laughs> these can be blinding. Uh, and you can see here, I've got it attached now to a uh, yardstick, piece of yardstick there. 
um, which is incidentally right within the re regulation of Los Angeles County for, for a protest sign. Uh, I'm not so sure about this part. You might want to check your local ordinances, but a stick this size is, is what is the largest you should be using uh, to, to hold up a sign. So I've got the uh, battery pack, the buck converter that takes that roughly 10 volts or so uh, of nickel metal hydride batteries, uh, AA's, down to five volts with lots of current available. And then I've got my uh, little feather board uh, tucked away nicely and the driver for the RGB matrix. Uh, so that uh, guide should be up soon. I've got that, I think, in moderation right now. Lady Ada should be taking a look at it. Uh, Ann Barella has done an editing pass, so it can be as good as it can be. Um, and I'm very precariously holding it in a pan of ice here so that it stands nicely. Uh, okay, so let's see. I think that covers all of the things that aren't Pathfinder. So I think it's time to get in Pathfinder. First of all, uh, let me give you a, um, a little background on Pathfinder and this game. So um, the game here is Apex Legends, which is a battle royale, an online battle royale game. If you're not familiar with battle royales, think first-person shooter, something like you know Doom or Quake, Unreal. Uh, but there is a set of teams that are all trying to win each other basically on an ever decreasing map um, and so uh, player unknown battlegrounds PUBG was was sort of the first uh, very successful and popular battle royale game and uh, now things like Fortnite and Apex Legends uh, follow a similar similar play style lots of fun um, in this game in Apex Legends there's a character who is based on Titanfall which is a previous game from respawn uh, and that is our friend Pathfinder. Um, so I talked with Sugru, who, if you're not familiar with Sugru, they are uh, the makers of an incredible moldable rubber-like glue, uh, and it cures into a rubber-like finish. I use it a ton. If you've watched this show much, you've probably seen me use it. I've been using it for, I don't know, 10 years, however long ago they, they launched. I started using it right away. Um, I love it, and uh, I, I was talking with Sugru, and they said, hey, we'd love for you to build a project where you can do something that you want to build, something cool and creative, and highlight how you use Sugru in that. Uh, so I came up with this idea of doing 3D-printed uh, Pathfinder robot who incorporates a Pi portal uh, in the chest. So this is our little touchscreen uh, microcontroller that runs CircuitPython, and uh, it can do a bit of everything. I've got it sending audio. I've got it controlling an LED for his head. Uh, you could put an SD card on here if you had tons of images. I'm just storing them on the RAM that's built in. Uh, it does Wi-Fi, so you can do a ton with this. Um, and I'm using it in a, in a simple but effective capacity, I think, here. Um, so let me show you. This is a little 90-second. So what happens, I built the, the, uh, the robot. And, yeah, someone asked, so a sponsorship. Yeah, it's uh, sort of a, a sponsorship, partnership type of thing between Adafruit, Sugru, and me. Um, and I would never do this on a product that I didn't use, and there's uh, 10 years of evidence of me using this, so please don't worry, I'm not selling out. Uh, but thank you for the question, Wolf220. It's a, it's a good one to get out of the way. I was, I was uh, compensated to build this. I didn't do it out of, uh, of goodwill only. Um, so, um, 
I built this. I filmed myself uh, doing the build. I have an Adafruit learn guide on the way, but I also sent footage to Sugru and they were able to cut together a um, video of the build. And they have a couple versions. You can see a, a longer, almost 10 minute version. Uh, but I'll play you right now a little 90 second cut, especially because it has footage of Pathfinder from the game so you can see who this character is. So let me play this. Hopefully you'll hear the audio on it. Um, if not... So that's the, the backgrounder on it, and now you know who the character is. Uh, so let me switch over to the um, workbench cam, and I'll show you how the heck this all goes together, and I'll demonstrate how, uh, how he works once he's put together. So first of all, you'll notice there's a lot of sprawled out parts over here. Um, I'm going to real quick connect to my camera switcher so I can go between... Uh, views here. If it lets me, let me let me re uh, reconnect this real quick. Oh, that doesn't want to join. Hold on one second. I've been disconnecting my camera switcher since uh, sometimes Moo wants to talk to it very badly. Let's see. Let's try. I'll try reloading this. No, it doesn't want to switch. Okay, well, that's okay. We'll stay in this view. This, this one will work well. Um, so let's take a look. Um, first of all, so I mentioned I've got the Pi portal here as uh, the brains of this. So what I did was I modeled uh, a version of the robot that's just a bust uh, of the robot in uh, sections and with the idea in mind of printing them. So modeling a character for a game or for um, film, TV effects is a different thing from modeling something for 3D printing. Um, so I had to keep in mind the tolerances. My best friend is a set of um, calipers, digital calipers, because I'm measuring everything and figuring out 
Uh, how large of an opening do I need for a screen to go in here? Where will I connect things? Where can I fit um, little screw holes and things like that? Uh, and how will I put it all together? So I have 3D printed parts here. Uh, in a couple of cases, I have heat set brass inserts that I've pressed down into there so that I can actually have something to screw into with these M4 screws. So these go together like this. Um, you'll see here I printed out a holder for the Pi Portal, as well as I'm using the acrylic frame, which is part of the Pi Portal uh, kit there, because that was a nice frame to, to make the ratio look good. Um, and then the Pi Portal has uh, a couple of JST connectors here uh, that I'm using, one to drive a NeoPixel, and the other actually I'm sending power to it. So you can power the Pi Portal normally over USB, but I decided to power it over um, a connection from a battery through a uh, charging circuit here, and it just made it a lot smoother and, and easier to, to work with rather than trying to adapt a USB cable here. Um, I am using some of our DIY USB cables to get around tight corners or these little right angle ones. So you'll see normally a USB cable, uh, you know, takes up huge amounts of, well, that's a big one, huge amounts of space, just, you know, the, the plug end there. Uh, let me zoom in a bit. So trying to fit something like that, even if you get right angle ones, they're just bulky. So I really like these little uh, DIY kits that we have where you can put different ends on these ribbon cables. Uh, so I'm using one of these for the charging circuit. So this actually is gonna, this goes outside or kind of fits through a little uh, hole in the side of, pipe, of uh, Pathfinder's torso here so that we can charge this battery uh, from the outside. And I'm also leaving the USB port free that's on the side of the Pi portal. Where'd it go? There it is. Uh, so that we can code if we need to. You won't do this as often, but if you want to plug into it and change something in software, put different images or sound on, uh, you can plug right into here. Um, then I'm running my sound through, instead of a small speaker on board, I'm actually running it to this nice big 40 millimeter speaker. Uh, through a little amplifier. So I've put the amplifier and some connectors onto this Perma Proto board so that I can fit everything together. One of the tricks with projects like this is just interconnects. So you'll see there are things that you want to put through holes in your 3D model uh, and then solder down to a board, but rather than have to be uh, sort of get it right the first time, I've added little interconnects wherever I can. So I'm just using little wire interconnects that allow me to plug in once I've put this together. You won't use them much, but you'll use them while you're building it. Uh, I've got a potentiometer here that controls the volume. I've got an on-off switch that powers it on and off. And this is a little lighted uh, switch here that is my reset button. Um, so when I turn this on, you'll see a couple things happen. Uh, we get this LED glowing, and that's going to be his eye and we get an image up on the screen. Um, if I turn up the volume here. Grappling makes things much easier. Try it sometime. So every time I touch the touch screen, I'm gonna see a new image, uh, an emote from the game, and I'm gonna. Good work. Let's remain friends. Hear an audio sample. Um, couple of other things to show. When I uh, put the head together, I had these nice, um, 
lenses that we use with our hollow wings. So you can get these pretty inexpensively in, in the Adafruit store. They happen to be the right size roughly, and so then I, I adjusted the, the model to scale. So the fact that this and the Pi Portal are sort of the foundation of my scale worked out really well. So now with this uh, lens in here, I initially had just put that LED right inside of the head. Uh, let me get that LED. You might not be able to see that with my finger in there actually, but with this in here, it just didn't look that impressive. So uh, I came up with something that gives us sort of an infinity mirror type of look. So I have a couple of pieces of plastic here and all of this stuff I joined up with the Sugru to, to kind of bond it together. So plastic to glass, plastic to plastic, and also putting my uh, NeoPixel in here. So let's see if I can get even closer. Um, what you'll see is we get a really nice depth effect. Uh, because of that lens, it looks like that LED is much farther away than it is. So you'll see the depth of it here. It's about an inch and a half away from the lens. Uh, but when you, when you look around through that lens, we get a really nice deep look on it, which really helps, helps the, the character a lot, I think. Um, so that's, that's basically what's inside. So part of the challenge is just fitting things in here. And I mentioned in the, in the video, in the longer form video, um, I was thinking about, I printed off a, a kind of low res quickie version of this to get a dry fit of my electronics and figure out how things would go in here. Um, I was thinking about then creating little tabs that I could screw parts into or slots that I could slide them into. And I realized I, it, it actually would work out pretty well to just set these in and once I have them in place, put a little bit of Sugru as like a, a holder for them. So it's pretty permanent. You could take it off if you needed to and, and adjust things, but essentially this part I only need it to work once. So those parts are kind of held in place with this rubberized glue in there. Um, so that's what's inside of him. Um, the next thing I wanted to show is some of the sculptural uh, elements and um, magnets that I've used to hold things together. So for example, these are uh, these shoulder guards uh, that are over Pathfinder's shoulders. And I wanted to connect those here like this but they are a little bit fragile and I'm actually planning to ship this or, or take it around to show at like conventions if we start to do those sorts of things again in the future. So I wanted to uh, allow some of these parts to come on and off easily. Uh, so what I did was I have attached a couple of magnets here uh, using some Sugru to hold them in place and those just grab onto each other. And they're, they're nice niodymium magnets, so they have a pretty good strength. Uh, so I just fit them into place here, and now they click together, and we get that nice set of shoulder guards on there, which can come off it's just so they don't break in transit. Um, I also did a similar thing. If you'll notice, um, Pathfinder has these shoulder canisters, and they use, uh, in the game, they're used to explain having a whole bunch of steel cable for grappling hook or a zip line. Um, so here, what I decided again, this would be really kind of a fragile thing to have sitting off to the side all the time. So again, I've placed magnets with Sugru into these little cups that are where these connect. 
and into the base of the cylinders. So now uh, I can just set those in place uh, and they stay, stay where you put them well enough. Uh, and you can kind of angle them and, and change the way they look to, to some degree, uh, which is also fun. So that's a couple uses of magnets being held in place on there. Um, you'll also notice that I have him in a couple of pieces here. So let's see, I'm gonna, let me try this again. Yeah, I don't know why that camera switcher isn't working. Let me go to the uh, front view for a moment and I'll show you, let me zoom that in too. There we go. So I'll show you, uh, again, to keep this um, modular, I've got uh, this base section, and this is what I call the abdomen. There's this abdomen roller, there's these brackets, and then there's sort of uh, magazines or holders, pouches in the front. Uh, so these, again, were built all as separate parts and then joined together. Um, but I have left this piece separate. I've actually had a little museum wax on there to hold it mostly in place, um, keep it still. But uh, you could go without that. You could also choose to put something like Sugru or hot glue on there in order to hold that in place. But gravity does a good job. So if I set him down, <laughs> it almost didn't do a good job there. He's starting to tilt. Um, I think, yeah, so he's tilting forward a little bit there. So I can tip him back just a bit. Um, so that allows me to place him pretty nicely. And you can see he'll work even without that. So depending on your configuration, you could have this sort of smaller, leaner version, uh, or we can have this more impressive version. And you know, it was a it was definite design decision to not do legs and arms because he would stand about this tall if he had his legs. He's sort of a tall, lean robot. Uh, and I didn't want to deal with something that huge, uh, and I, I thought this was a nicer sort of um, symbolic version of Pathfinder without trying to do a slavish one-to-one -one, uh, detail version. So you'll see here in, in the end, I can zoom in a little more here, uh, I've got a nice milled aluminum or machined aluminum volume knob here for that potentiometer that adjusts the volume. Uh, I've got the on-off switch here and the reset if I need it. Um, so let me show you him in action and then I'll show you the software uh, that I'm using. So I'm gonna put that volume up and turn it on. Boots up. And you can see in that camera, I'll, I'll point his head right, right at that. Okay, yeah, if I tip him back a little, that's good. Uh, so he's showing one of his emotions uh, from the screen uh, on the screen, and he says one of his dialogue lines. And now, in this mode, I just touch it to advance. Uh, so you could have it sitting on your desk. It's not bothering you a lot, but if you feel like doing something, you could Good like work. this. Let's also, I could plug this in over USB. So uh, it'll, it'll run off a of USB and charge the battery if we plug that in. And that is just this little port right here on the side. Um, I also have a mode where he'll just do a slideshow. So he'll continuously change out those uh, images and you can do it in silent mode if you get annoyed by the voiceover, which you will after a while, uh, or you can leave it on uh, as sort of a demonstration mode. Um, so 
I think that covers pretty well the, the sort of basics of who this guy is and why I made him. So let me show you some of the software. Uh, this was written in CircuitPython. And so that PyPortal is running CircuitPython and I have, uh, let's see, I can go to a, how about a view of Adam? Uh, and I can zoom into that a little bit more so you can read it a little better. And maybe I can make this window a little bigger too. Hold on. Sure. Try it like that. Marginally bigger. Um, so if you look at this, I have two versions of the code here. I haven't merged them, which probably I could and, and throw another switch at the top. But these are very similar, but have some differences to them. So this is the touch code. This is the code that was just running on there. Um, and so if you look, you'll see uh, I have in, this is Python, CircuitPython. In here, the first thing I'm doing is I'm importing libraries, which are convenient uh, pieces of code or code that makes some things convenient without making my code huge. So it's uh, functions and things that I'm reusing that have already been written. So here I'm bringing in uh, the board, which gives us definitions of the different um, controls and pins and things that are inputs and outputs on the board. Uh, display I.O. is part of what's used to display the images on the screen. Time, because I'm using things like pausing between uh, slideshow updates. And NeoPixel, so I can light up that eye. And then this one here is the big one. This is Adafruit PyPortal Library. I'm importing that with an easier name, PyPortal. Uh, and that does a whole bunch of stuff uh, that we could get into with Wi-Fi if you wanted this to automatically update with um, data that's being output as JSON data. You can have cat photos. You can have Bitcoin values. So we've done a bunch of th these sort of IoT types of projects, uh, weather portals uh, using, using the Pi Portal. Uh, in this project, I'm not using the Wi-Fi at all, but it's definitely an option that's there. Uh, then I have these two variables that I call user settings, the sound mode. Silent is zero and normal is one or on is one. And the I mode, zero is always red, which is actually, I think, how, how um, Pathfinder is in the game. But uh, I decided to have some fun and allow it to change a different color depending on the emote. So you can, you can be a purist if you hit zero. If you hit one, it's going to update. Um, so the um, Next things that I'm doing in here are setting up some colors that I can use by name. So these are red, green, blue values, but I just want to call them by name to make life easier. Uh, and then I build an array of those colors here. Let me turn on um, the code wrapping real quick. Soft wrap. Okay. Uh, so this is the order of the different colors that it'll go in that I have matched up to the different images on the screen. Um, and again, this is uh, part, of, part of this is done to make it as clear as possible. There are uh, ways you could optimize this and neaten it up, but I don't want to do that. I want to make it easy for someone who's newer to coding to be able to look at this and understand. And myself, I, I always find it easier if my code isn't too clever or obscured, so I leave it that way for me too. I don't want to. I don't want to lie. Uh, so the next thing I'm doing is I'm filling all uh, all the pixels, which is the one pixel with the first color, which is uh, pink here. That's the first color it goes to. And then I show it. So that's the boot up color. Uh, then I have, uh, similarly, I have some arrays uh, here that are the names of the different bitmap files. So those just live uh, BMP files that are just raster graphics that live on uh, Pathfinder's PyPortal in there. 
And these were WAV files. So for the audio, these are audio WAV files that live in a folder called VoiceOver. A uh, folder for the images I call emotes. Uh, then we set up the Pi Portal. Uh, and we then open up a file. So this is some of our typical um, code for opening up an image file. Um, yeah, Feta2 mentions that PyBadger has those colors inside the module. PyPortal doesn't. And that's a good point. You can make your code smaller with some of our libraries. I, I often want to tune those colors myself so I don't go with the orange that we have defined in a library. And I end up noodling around with values a ton to get an exact color that I want. Um, but it's a good point. You can, you can reuse those. Uh, same with the Clue uh, libraries. Uh, let's see. So this sets up one uh, image file that's, that can be displayed. And then, um, funny thing, I actually, there's a small speaker on board in the Pi Portal, and it's playing as well. So when, I didn't sever it. You could, but I didn't. So it's playing even when the big speaker is playing. And what I notice is when I turn my volume all the way down on my big speaker, I'm still hearing a tiny bit of what he's saying coming from his chest. So uh, terrible hack, but here it is. I set up a WAV file that's entirely silent, like a couple seconds of silence. Uh, it's called pathfindsilent.wave. That plays when it's in silent mode so that we don't hear anything. Uh, otherwise, we had, um, we had issues. So uh, let's see. What else? The... Um, PyPortal touchscreen setup is, is next, and this is all that's happening in this one while it's playing. Is it just waiting for a touchscreen press? It passes if it doesn't get one. If it does get a touchscreen press, we essentially play an image, fill the pixel, play a sound, and then increment the number to the next one, and we always loop through the 10 possibles. Um, so that's how, um, that's how this this works. This is using this percentage sign 11. It's called modulo. It's a great way to wrap between 0 and 10 over and over again, which is what we're doing. Um, that is it. That is all it does. Here's the other version. Uh, and I got to turn on my wrapping again. Yeah, someone asked what editor this is. I'm using Atom. Um, A-T-O-M, Atom. It's a nice text editor. Uh, the uh, difference with this one, a lot of it is the same. Uh, except I have, I'm using slideshow, and so here I have slide speed set to one, so it's one second per slide. Uh, in fact, let's update him. So, so I'll show you how, how this is actually pretty darn easy. Let me take off some of his pieces, parts here, and grab the guy himself. Um, so what you'll see here, I'm gonna, live coding, this is so dangerous, right? Uh, I'm gonna plug in USB, where am I, there I am. I'm gonna plug in USB, to the Pi Portal that's in there, if I can see it without my glasses, which is questionable. Okay, so nothing has changed, but we are connected over USB, which means I can now update it in real time, pretty much, in, in Moo, which is what I'll use there. It's, it just restarted himself. I'm gonna turn his volume down. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll grab this code here, and I like to use Moo. So let me show you Moo here. Where'd you go, Moo? There's Moo, and uh, we'll go like that. Okay. Uh, and where's my Moo? Okay, so Moo here, what I'll do is I'm going to paste in that other code. Uh, I can zoom in a little more there so you can see it. And all I'll do is hit save. When I hit save, you see it just updated on the screen and now it's running my new code. Uh, so now with this new code, it is in this, um, Slideshow mode, so you notice I'm not having to touch the touch screen. He updates. I can get Moo out of here now. Uh, 
he updates automatically. Get the glare off of him. And I think I have the silent mode on, yeah. So even though I'm turning the volume up, we're not hearing him. So let's go change that. So let's see, you wanted to adjust this. Uh, we can go into Moo up at the very top. I like to put these, these user variables up towards the top. So I mode is at one. Uh, let's change I mode to always red, purest mode. Uh, sound mode, silent, we'll switch that to normal. Slide speed, uh, yeah, one second is fine. I don't remember what the fastest we can go is. It's, it, it takes a moment to uh, refresh. So you see now it's never updating the color of the LED. It's just always don't going to red. Let's go through the full set. Don't beat yourself up. Leave that to me. That was a joke. There's a screen on here that I love that was actually made by a friend of mine. Hello? My friend Joe Bowers I'm sorry, but you could have killed my friends. is actually an animator at Respawn Works on this game, works I on this character. That's his. <laughs> so he made this really cute really uh, bitmap version of Pathfinder to wear on his own chest, little uh, sort of 8-bit uh, pixel art. And then he should loop back around after this one. I think this is the last one. Let's see. Yeah. Sorry you lost. Oh, I think I'm out of sync though on the audio. I'll have to look at that. Grappling makes things much easier. Try it sometime. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, I didn't mention there's my little reset. So if I need to reset the board, I can press that and it's going to restart it. Uh, and the reason you use that usually is if you are, um, let me turn him off because he's still talking back here. You'll actually, you know what? Let's put him in silent mode and then I can leave him back there. Um, the reason you'd use that reset is if you have it plugged in over USB and you want to make changes to circuit Python versions that are on there, uh, particularly or bootloader versions that are on there, sometimes you need to click or double click the reset button. So that's why I put that switch in there. Um, there we go. So I'll turn him back on. Even though he's, he's uh, plugged into USB, I want to get the power from the battery. So that switch allows me to get the power from the battery. Uh, so I'm going to switch this to sound mode silent. Let's go to I mode changes. Hit save. And now when it restarts, it's not, even if I turn the volume all the way up, we shouldn't hear anything. Yeah. Uh, so I can unplug USB now. Uh, and he's still doing his thing. Uh, so, you know, this is something you could never change. You could decide, you know, I'm just going to leave him be. Uh, but you might get interested in noodling around with the code and it's there's kind of nothing you can do to break it You know, you can you can always put the, the old code back on um, and so I've got a Learn guide that I am working on. I have a preliminary version of that that is available at the Sugru uh, site, so if you look I'll, there's there's links around that will uh, show you how to how to go there. But if you look up Sugru Pathfinder, you'll probably find it. Uh, they also have a contest they're running to win a 3D printer. Uh, so go check that out as well. Um, I think it, I can't remember, it might be a Ender, might be an Ender 3 3D printer. Um, so go check that out. I don't know much about that. Sugru's handling, handling that part of it. Uh, but my learn guide will be out soon, and it's a big one. It's extensive, as you can imagine. There's a, there's a lot to it. Um, but uh, it's doable, and so I have all of the 3D model 
uh, files available, so you'll be able to take those STLs and uh, have a look at them. In fact, um, I'll show you one thing. Let me let me add a movie file to my session here real quick to show you. Um, I have a turnaround video of the parts. Let's see. Where did I put that though? Hold on. I'm going to put on glasses because this is, I'm, I'm reading a tiny, tiny type list here. Uh, this is the part of the show where you get to watch a guy try to find a file on his computer. Not exciting. At least I'm not sharing my uh, finder with you. Uh, it might be easier for me to do it on YouTube, so I'm going to try that. So let's go uh, to this view here and YouTube. Let's go to, hey, look, there, that's us right there. That's this show. Uh, let's go to Adafruit. Under Adafruit videos. If this one's a public one, we'll see it. If not, I gotta switch my account here. This is Inside Baseball. Here we go. I'm gonna become Adafruit in this browser. I think it's an unlisted video, so it doesn't show up yet. All right, videos. Oh, you know what? Sorry, I think it's on mine. I don't think I've uploaded it to Adafruit yet. Is that right? Oops. Yeah, I think that's right. Standby, switching back. You get to see all the realness today. Uh, okay, so that's me. Let's go to my channel. And let's go to studio. This is where you edit your stuff. Please be here. I think it is. There we go. I hope this was worth the wait. Okay, uh, so let's go to this video here. And I can make it big. Uh, so this, I'm not sure. I think it'll, uh, it might stutter a little in playback uh, as it plays back YouTube. So this is my 3D model set. So these are the STL files. And I made this sort of exploded view video just because I think it's going to be easier for people to understand how the parts actually assemble versus a bunch of stills. I think I have those in there as well, but um, I'll play that again. I think um, doing a 3D render of a parts explosion is clearer um, for certain, certain things than uh, doing a thousand images would be. And I'm very happy with it. I, I love doing little turntable things like this, so that was fun. Uh, so let's see. Let's head on over to the Discord and uh, see if anyone has any questions or thoughts or concerns, uh, things to say. Um, let's see. Oh, thank you, Brent. Brent said he's jealous of my Sugru skills. It's fun. I like sculpting with it. I didn't mention the, the, one of the really fun parts was doing his uh, neck cowls his neck cowl, so this black sort of rubberized canvas in the game was perfect for doing a, a nice Sugru sculpt on with some folds and things in it. Uh, I did his arm uh, sockets here with Sugru to look like um, rubberized gaskets. And other visible Sugru stuff was doing like these lever covers to smooth it out. The back of his head, the way I printed him, uh, I didn't want to sand him and it looked uh, a bit rough, so I color matched sort of uh, some Sugru back there and rounded that out. It's not perfect, but uh, I think it gives it some charm. Um, one of the nice things about 
the game is that the character has a bunch of different skins, so you'll see different texture maps on him, so there isn't necessarily one correct um, uh, Pathfinder, and this one also simplifies things a lot. So there's a lot of detail that's built into like bump maps and displacement maps and alpha channels and things on the robot, uh, but I didn't want to replicate that. I didn't want to have lots and lots of tiny detail, so uh, this version is simplified from, from, the, uh, from the game version. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you all so much. Oh, thanks, Todd. Yeah, the 3D render looks like the real thing. Yeah, not, not bad. Uh, that's an ambient occlusion renderer. Uh, you can use RenderMan for free if you're uh, uh, looking for, for a way to start uh, doing some 3D renders. Uh, you can use RenderMan. There's a lot of different renderers that'll do ambient occlusion, global illumination type of stuff. But um, All right, so I think that wraps it up. This this has been John Park's workshop. I'm John Park. Look, I just made myself disappear. Why I do that? Uh, Trying to hide other stuff. And uh, I want to thank you all for coming by. Look for uh, this learn guide to be coming to Adafruit uh, soon. And uh, you can also head over to the Suguru landing page to uh, check out the contest and, and more content about this. Uh, question in the chat, what 3D printer did you use? I used an Ultimaker 2 Plus for this. Um, I've had that Ultimaker for many years now and I love it. It's very reliable. Um, I think, yeah, that was it. I, at one point I thought about using a second printer to, to double up, but I got everything tuned in well, well enough on the Ultimaker that, uh, most of these parts weren't too bad. I think these were the longest, these, um, half torsos. They had support inside, uh, and so those were long prints, like 20-something hours per, so I thankfully didn't have to do them too many times. And yes, I would have loved having a second printer, uh, you know, another Ultimaker would be great, but like a, you know, I look at, uh, I look at the farm of, of 3D printers that our good friends Noe and Pedro have, and I'm like, yes, maybe I should have sent them some files to get some things printed, because they're like that. Uh, any other questions in the chat? I uh, also want to thank all the people who came on over to um, the YouTube to, uh, to chat over there. Thank you for popping in. Uh, Joe Anon says, Apex is broken. Uh, they nerfed Pathfinder, unfortunately. Yeah, Pathfinder, that character used to be able to use his grappling hook like every 15 seconds, and uh, that was too powerful, so they have, they have uh, slowed that down. He now has a 35-second cooldown, and it's a huge thing in the, in the path, in the apex community. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and if you want to come and do some showing and telling of your own projects, come on over to the show and tell at 2.30. So that's in about a half hour, 2.30 Pacific time. Uh, and I will uh, be happy to see the kinds of things people are, are working on. Thanks, Claire. Claire Dixon stops by and says, thanks. Uh, brilliant workshop. She gets to say brilliant because she's from the UK. There are things they get to say so well. Uh, All right. Thank you, everyone, for stopping by, and uh, I will see you next time. I will be out next week, so there won't be a John Parks workshop next week, but we'll be back the following week. And uh, for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.